it starts with a hyperlink, HTML scripts and style sheets. Tim Berners-Lee is not afraid. Dial up so slow, had to teach yourself to go style your MySpace to impress the inference of where your best guest books, web rings, 800 pixel screens, blink tags, and marquees. Learn how to code on GeoCities, O'Reilly books, website fillers, words, best in 96, under construction, browser wars, Firefox. If you're stuck, you can just ask Jeeves. That was a cover song from today's guest, Greg Koberger. And no, we're not talking about making music, cover songs, REM, early 90s music. We're not talking about any of that. But this is a testament to just how interesting Greg is. And it really comes through on this week's episode. Not only do we talk about team building with escape rooms, a super cool concept, by the way, but we also touch on mental health, the startup culture, venture capital, and lots more. He digs deep into how he started his escape room and why, but also how somebody like you and me could start an escape room with an escape room startup resource. There's a a niche for everything, I guess. Uh, But again, we also talk about that mental health aspect that uh, we opened the season with right earlier this year. uh, And Greg kind of continues that and and what uh, working for a big venture capitalist backed startup can do to your mental health. So Greg is a pretty open book here and it makes for an amazing interview. And we'll get to all of that and more right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Ahoy, the easiest way to increase customer engagement on your WordPress site. Install Ahoy, create a message box, configure where to display it, and start seeing conversions come in. You can create messages for cart abandonment, upsells and cross-sells, custom support, and so much more. Ahoy's flexible conditions let you choose exactly where and when you want your message to be displayed. I've recently installed it on my own WooCommerce site, and I've already seen increased engagement. And I know this because of Ahoy's powerful analytics and reporting. You will see ROI within days of installing Ahoy, if not sooner. And that's even more true for listeners of How I Built It. You can get an exclusive 20% discount on any plan. Visit useahoy.com slash howibuiltit and use the code how I built it at checkout. That's useahoy.com, U S E A H O Y, useahoy.com slash how I built it, and the discount code how I built it. Use those today. Increase your engagement and sales on your WordPress site. Thanks to Ahoy for their support of this show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, How did you build that today? My guest is Greg Koberger. He is the founder of Readme, and we are going to be talking about not only uh, his founding of Readme, but also how he uses escape rooms as team building and a little bonus fact that I will let him tell you uh, later on. But for now, let's welcome Greg onto the show. Greg, how are you doing today? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I'm here to, I guess, uh, talk about my main company and then my uh, my side company, as it turns out. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll get into both of those things. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I'm very excited to talk to you about this because uh, team building is always something that um, was on my mind since college. Kind of, I was like in charge of these student organizations and we 
We had to get college kids to become friends very quickly without the use of alcohol. Um, and so I've been thinking about like team building and icebreakers since then. Uh, but let's start off with who you are and what you do. Sounds good. Um, I too, I was an RA back in college. Nice. Um, but uh, more recently, um, my name is, uh, or my company is Readme. We do API documentation. Uh, so we work with uh, thousands of companies to make it really easy to kind of build developer.whatever.com. Um, I know you're a big WordPress person. So the best analogy I possibly have is uh, WordPress for companies that need a technical documentation site for their API or something else. Um, we usually tend to sit at like developer.whatever.com. Um, we've got a great like content editing system. Um, and then we could really easily like play around with APIs, learn how to get API, use APIs, get support, things like that. So that's what Rumi does. Nice. That's really cool. So, um, uh, I, I mean, I know this isn't our main topic of conversation, but very interesting to me. Uh, do you, uh, the documentation is it like based on like doc blocks or anything like that, or is it like developers going and adding their own documentation through your interface? Yeah, so um, it's a little bit of both. Um, so we kind of have a we try to split things up as good as or as well as we can. So half the product is automatically syncing code from some sort of code base or something like that. Um, not to get too in the weeds, but uh, um, there's something called Swagger or API, Open API Spec, which is how people tend to document their APIs. So we can automatically pull that from GitHub or something else and build really nice. Um, reference guides. So reference guides for people who are curious are basically it explains step by step how to use your API, and um, you know we walk you through how to actually run it, how to write it in Node or Python, PHP, JavaScript, whatever else. Right. Um, and then we also have a content editing guide for um, guides, so topical guides, tutorials, things like that. Things that are a little more freeform, where you as the person would actually write out, you know, well, so you want to do this with our API, here's why you should do it, here's how you should do it, things like that. Um, and then support forms, uh, a lot of times people from a company will build out the docs, but then also vice versa, we make it so the community can kind of help out and build as well. So let's say that you, um, Joe, are writing some sort of API documentation for your company, and maybe you miss something or it's not as clear as you possibly want. Um, someone from the outside can like be like, hey, what if we added this paragraph and then you could like merge it in, much like a wiki as well. So we kind of do a bunch of different things in that space. Man, that's really cool. As somebody who uh, talks to APIs, I I would encourage anybody who has an API to go check that out because <laughs> I have written code based on some terrible APIs, like APIs that like don't have a standardized way of sending data back. Like that's just the worst. So. Yep, Ugh. and hopefully none of those are uh, hoofs on us. But yep. uh, well, this we'll was see. years years ago. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it was like an academic journal. So it probably was just like an API that was added because they're like, well, we should have this or whatever. Um, <laughs> and hopefully it's improved now since like I think it was ten years ago I wrote that. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so as part of uh, uh, your company. Uh, you have employees, right? This is going to be a very contrived way of getting to our main topic. You have employees, right? Go for it. <laughs> yes. Why? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, and it, it's um, and you wanted to do some team building exercise. So, so actually, let's back up here. Uh, are you a you are a um, a not remote company? I can't think of the the appropriate word there. You guys all work in the same <laughs> office. Co-inhabitating, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, give or take. Uh, so um, we've got uh, many people, and um, about 
75% are in the office. Yeah. Okay. Um, but one thing, so one thing that we do is, and I don't know why I did this. It was probably, you know, many years ago, I wanted to travel a bunch and use company funds as an excuse. But um, every quarter we travel someplace as well. Uh, so we've done some like, um, we're in San Francisco is our main location um, where our office is. We've been to a few places like um, Napa and Tahoe, which are pretty close. We've been to some places like uh, Hawaii and Thailand that are not very close. Um, and we've been to some places in between like uh, Austin and Denver and a bunch of other random uh, locales. Nice. Um, uh, you know, you, we've chewed through the U.S. and uh, et cetera over the past few years by doing it, you know, every quarter for the past five years. Um and uh, so, like you said, uh, most of us are in the same place. Uh, not all of us are in the same place. Um, so sometimes, or often, it's very much a reunion as well um, when we get together. Nice. That's um, that's really cool. And so about 75% of, of people are in the office. You travel. That's a very good bonding experience. But you also um, uh, you used escape rooms as team building. Is that right? Yes, um, because like any company, we do things like uh, go to a bar and hang out or other stuff, um, and then we also do a lot of work. And uh, I don't know how we got hooked on them, but um, you know, I kind of we started doing escape rooms, and now it's kind of become a thing where every time we go anywhere, we do at least one or two escape rooms. Uh, and uh, as a group, it's become this like team bonding thing where it's. Um, you know, I think everyone pretty much probably has a visual idea of what an escape room can or should be. But just to give like a 30 second uh, or 10 second pitch to your audience, um, it's uh, more often than not the way it works is that you sign up. It's give or take about 30 bucks per person. Uh, it's you show up. Uh, there's a theme like prison, Alcatraz, um, stuff like that, or uh, Mad Scientist, or Sherlock Holmes, or uh, Egypt, or um, there's like White House ones, something more contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you show up for and you for an hour, you get locked in this room. Um, you know, you're not really locked in for the most part, uh, but you have to solve a bunch of puzzles, and you don't know what the puzzles are. Uh, you walk into this room, and it looks like a very normal room except that it's, you know, themed like Egypt or like Sherlock Holmes, like apartment office or like some sort of lair or something like that. But other than that, it's, you know, it's not like there's a Sudoku on the wall mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's uh, more like, uh, you're not really sure exactly what the clues are. And for an hour, you have to do two things. One is you figure out what the clue is. And then two is that you take that clue and uh, you solve it. And then you keep doing that for between, you know, five, 10, 20, 30 clues, whatever the, the room happens to have. And within an hour, you have to solve all these clues and figure out some sort of like end game. So sometimes it'll be like, uh, you have to like find the crystal and, get out of this haunted house or whatever. Um, and you have about an hour and it's really great. Like, uh, for a team building exercise, you have five, 10, 15 people and you just need something awesome to do as a team. And, um, that, you know, is not too overly like team bonding and like, you're not like, you know, doing trust falls or anything like that. Uh, it's still fun, but you're also, um, not sitting around at a bar. So it's yeah. kind of a happy, and then you go to the bar after, obviously. But, uh, it's, uh, you, you do, it's a, it's kind of like, uh, it's a good team bonding thing for, uh, for a bunch of people. Yeah. Right. It's something a little bit more involved than like two truths and a lie. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's also fun and, and it allows, uh, you and your coworkers to work together towards some end goal. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. So what, you know, usually at this point in the show, I like to ask like what kind of research you did, but uh, how did you 
how did you first come up with the idea to to do an escape room as as team building? Were you like, you know, morale seems low for the team, or was it just like I just hired a bunch oh, of people and none of them know each other or whatever? Like, what what was your thought process? Yeah. There? Oh, I wish I had a great answer uh, <laughs> that uh, would make you feel like uh, that I had some sort of uh, <laughs> good point. But um, honestly, uh, I wore out all my friends on going to escape rooms, and <laughs> I pay a bunch of people, and uh, those people kind of have to do what I want to do. So um, I, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, that's actually completely true, but also uh, you know a little facetious. Um, yeah. It just felt like a really good thing to do during the day as opposed to like, I don't know, what else would you do during the day? Like bowling or something like that? Like there's, and not that I think it's bowling, but um, it, it genuinely did start as um, I was, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time and I would like do escape rooms a lot. And then uh, I dragged all my friends into it. And then all my people in my life that I wasn't paying were like, this is expensive. And like, you know, let's just go to a bar. And uh, I kind of pivoted to like, hey, the people that work with me uh, are absolutely, you know, awesome and smart and work well together. Uh, seems like I've already assembled quite the uh, quite the escape room, the team of escape artists. So uh, nice. that is kind of how we uh, slowly got into it the first time. And then people liked it. I liked it. Everyone liked it. And uh, it kind of went from there. So it was kind of a happy accident to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I should say, like, I, you know, I'm from New York originally. Uh, Where in New York? Uh, about an hour north of the city. People in the city would say upstate, but Orange County, Middletown. Area. I am from, uh, uh, also, what people would say is not, uh, I'm California now, but what people would say is not not New York, but uh, upstate New York as well, uh, from outside of Albany. So I'm from, oh, nice. well, outside of Troy. Yeah. Um, outside of, it's called Scattercoke. It's the middle yeah. of nowhere. No one has heard of it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, my brother lives uh, near Glens Falls now. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glens Falls really, really well. Nice. Um, very cool. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I say like like north of north of Albany is like when you start to get to real upstate. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but I, I know how expensive it could be going out to drink. Uh, probably in San Francisco too. I'm guessing the cost of living in San Francisco is higher than New York. Oh, I, we could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> yes. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to Pantheon.io today again to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. So I've done a couple of escape rooms myself. Um, okay. You need to be able to work together, uh, generally speaking, um, to, to figure things out. Escape rooms as team building, did you find that your employees uh, started to 
uh, become closer and work better together during the workday. I'm hitting you with these very deep, like view like questions. Um, and and I, I hope they're, they're fruitful, but I figure that's the topic we're talking about. So I'm sure you did find that, but. I, but so yeah. I've never um, done this, but a lot of companies actually do escape rooms to uh, interview people. So like, let's wow. say that, you know, you're interviewing this like head of blank or just a random IC and uh, IC as in like um, individual contributor, like you're, you're interviewing someone and you like them and like, at this point, you've pretty much decided to give them the job, but you you know haven't really seen how they work together or anything like that. Um, a lot of times, I know, and I don't do this, um, but people will take uh, these people to an escape room because it's um, the interesting about escape rooms is it's one hour, and at the end of the day, it literally doesn't matter if you get out or not. No one cares. There's no you know maybe you'll get on a leaderboard if you're the fastest, but like no one cares the actual results. But they do a very good job of kind of perpetuating this like stress and like high intensity environment. And um, yeah, you can be like, oh, that person under pressure is not good. Mm -hmm. We don't want to work with them. Yeah. Uh, like if someone's like a jerk under pressure, you're like, nope. Um, but uh, so we don't do that, uh, bringing uh, new employees to this, although maybe that's a good idea. Um, uh, it would be the most fun anyone would have at a uh, job interview. I think it, it would be but, it would be a lot better than like a whiteboard interview, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, like yeah. more because uh, I mean, there's like pressure, there's problem solving. Like, you know, you get to kind of see how people work because even though you're not really, you know, you're not really locked in the room, there's still that competitive edge. Like, I got to get out in the hour, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, and be impressive without being like over the top. And there's a lot of different like various ways to kind of like uh, to <laughs> again haven't done it yet for a job interview. But uh, I mean, I don't know if I have to talk to our lawyers. Like, <laughs> can we take can we take uh, people applying and like just lock them up, throw some handcuffs <laughs> on them, and see how they do in an hour? Uh, I don't know how that conversation is going to go, but uh, I'll, I'll report back in yeah. the the sequel to this episode. We can uh, <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. Sounds good. I'm no uh, lawyer, but. It's Sounds good to me. <laughs> no, the the podcast episode would be like you know surviving a company that's been sued into oblivion. Uh, <laughs> part two. Yes. Yes. Um. Awesome. So so that's really interesting. Companies will do escape rooms to interview people. Um. As far as like post escape room, like it sounds like you and and uh, your employees will do uh, escape rooms pretty frequently. But do you find that it brings that it's brought your employees closer together? Oh, definitely. Um, and it's just, I mean, first of all, any shared experience does. Um, <laughs> right, right. But like, uh, we also, one example was we were in Denver and we did this escape room. And um, now I don't want to brag, but I like to think that I'm a little bit better than most of the escape rooms because <laughs> I've done a few more. Uh, but so we're doing it. And it's this escape room where there's two different rooms, it's the exact same room. And they split the team into red team and blue team. Mm -hmm. So you're competing against each other, like actually in real time, yeah. competing against each other. And I was like, that seems great. And the escape room itself was good enough. It wasn't the best escape room I've ever done, but it's, you know, the gimmick was interesting and uh, we really liked it. And uh, so we're going and like at one point about halfway through, like a window opens, you can actually see through and see the other team. And it's a double-sided mirror. Uh, or I guess not a double-sided mirror. I guess it's actually just a window. Oh, um, gotcha. You and, can each uh, see each other. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can see each other through this mirror. And uh, I'm like, I'm so confused because I'm like, this is crazy. Like they're doing like, they're like, they're like every time we solve something, they solve it instantly. Like I was so impressed. Like, you know, we, we were like going really, we'd solve something really hard and like 30 seconds later, they'd get it. And fast forward to afterwards, I didn't realize that the entire time they figured this out and we didn't, that there is a little like hole where you could hear the other team. So we would go excited and be like, the code is 4721. And they'd be like, the code is 4721. <laughs> and like, you know, they were listening to us and everything was the same. And that was like part of the whole gimmick. And like, you know, you could use it as a metaphor for anything. Like, you know, I like to be a little heavy handed with my company where I'm like, well, now that's a metaphor because uh, if you just follow the competition, you'll never win. You'll mm. always be right behind them, but you'll never win. And because, uh, you know, ultimately my team won because we were the ones who like, you know, they were following. Yeah, right, um, right. So I try to turn it into like some sort of life lesson or something at some point, but uh, that's you know probably a little contrived and and all that. Yeah, that's that's really funny. But I mean, like it is. Uh, I, I like the contrived metaphor too. I'm a I'm a teacher, <laughs> and I, I try to do it a lot. But I mean, it, it is true, and you hear that a lot, right? Like uh, the first, if you're the first to market, or um, you know, if if you're not the first to market, you have to do it better somehow. Um, yes. So, you know, I think there there is a life lesson there. Um, so you obviously love escape rooms. Uh, you do them with your employees a lot. But there's uh, another way that you're related to escape rooms. Is that right? Why, yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, and actually this is a larger-ish topic that I will delve into and uh, let me run or not run as long as you want. Um, so about two years ago, um, I was working at Readme and I love Readme. I love the product more than anything. The people are the most amazing people I've ever worked with. But I was insanely burnt out. Um, I was like, you know, I have a lot of energy normally, but I was tired. I was depressed in a way that like, I say the word depressed. I don't want to throw on that word like lightly, but like I just had a hard time like showing up at work. I was just burnt out. Um, I've been doing it for a few years, um, and again, it wasn't a loss of like belief in the team or the product. It was just a a, a burnout. Yeah. And um, one of my one of our investors and like advisors, you know, I was kind of talking, and I think I was just being very I was being very negative and like kind of sad. Um, not sad, but just very negative yeah. and. Um, and they were like, okay, so like, you probably won't acknowledge this, but you're very burnt out right now. And there is literally one way to get around burnout, and that is to leave for a bit. Um, and um, they're like, we have, you know, this like, you know, my previous company had this like protocol, someone was burnt out, and uh, I don't, I'm going to make some stuff up here now, but like, they're like, you're a level two, and yeah. level two burnout means that you need to take uh, 14 days off and, you know, all that. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you can't just go to a beach and sit there and like, you know, relax because, uh, you know, people who are starting a company to a certain extent don't have that ability to just like turn things off because you'll just like, you know, it's too far the opposite way of a swing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you need to like go and do something. You need to learn a skill. You need to make something. Go do woodworking. Go um, learn a new language. Go learn how to scuba dive. Go learn how to fly a plane. Stuff like that. And um I was like, all right, um, I will take some time off. So I took two weeks off from my actual like real job, which I'm you know still doing very happily right now. And uh, I was like, I'm going to build an escape room. So what I did was I uh, found, just coincidentally around the same time, found a art gallery that was going out of business. And uh, they were looking to rent out their space. Um, it's a physical space in San Francisco. Um, it's 1,200 square feet, which 
I don't even know how to describe how big that is. It's not huge, but it's, you know, a decent size, uh, like for an office of like five to 10 people perhaps. And, um, so I rented the space out and, um, I was like, I'm going to actually build an escape room. Um, so I took a lot of my own money, um, and, uh, I built an actual physical escape room and, uh, it was, there's never been anything that's been so within my skill set, like so similar <laughs> to my actual current job, but so different. Um, because, you know, I'm running a startup and I love startups and, uh, not in a, like, I don't know. I just like, I've, I've been in San Francisco for like, um, about 12 years and like I moved there in 2008 when like the economy had crashed right. and like no one was doing a startup because they wanted to make money like now right. everyone's like I'm gonna I have a startup idea I'm gonna be a billionaire right. like back then no one was thinking that they were just like I don't care I just want to build something and I love it mm-hmm. um and uh I, you know I met all these like random people who are now like famous in a like weird tech way and like because everyone's just there doing cool stuff and I just I've always loved startups um and escape rooms, like we talked about. And uh, I kind of merged the two. And I was like, I'm going to build, I didn't want to just build an escape room like a, um, for people who want to build an escape room, uh, which I assume is most of your audience. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of like online resources where you can like buy rooms. And they mm-hmm. do this thing where they're like, we're only going to sell this prison escape room, you know, within a thousand miles or 500 miles. So like you can buy it and like, it's not going to be like two people in the same area have the same one, but like a lot of escape rooms are bought and like, they're very off the shelf generic themes. Gotcha. Um, I see. So what you're, what you're saying here is like, I can essentially buy a cookie cutter escape room. Oh yeah. That's for fun. about uh, 500 bucks for the plans and maybe 10,000 for all the actual like physical props as well. Wow. Like in Pen- you're in Pennsylvania now, right? Yes, yes, uh, in yes. Pennsylvania, you could like, you know, rent a spot. Um, they'll mail you everything. And like, basically you could like get this set up within 48 hours or something. Wow. Um, and there's a really good ROI. If you want to sit there and like run an escape room day to day, it's, you know, oh, then you can go charge 35 bucks per person. Like you can do the math on what the rent is in, you know, outside of cities, um, surprising, not surprisingly, but, you know, uh, uh, escape rooms are very, um, popular outside of cities because in cities rent is expensive outside of cities. You can go to like a strip mall or a mall that's yep. kind of like failing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and get exactly. a really good spot. Um, escape rooms are great cause you're not trying to get that like foot traffic. So you can like find this like really crappy little space that no one like can see. Um, so you'll find a lot of escape rooms are in weird places. Um, but anyway, so back to mine. Um, I wanted to kind of do something that was very like on brand for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my escape room is, uh, it's called Startup Escape and uh, it is startup themed. Um, and the whole like premise is you have one hour to launch your startup. Um, That's really And cool. by launch your startup, I mean um, you have, there's five tracks, uh, programming design, IT, product, and marketing. And you have one hour to like solve clues in those five different tracks you have to solve all five tracks and the whole premise is that you know once you do all those you can launch your startup that is super cool so uh next time i'm out in san francisco i'm definitely gonna look this up you better do it yeah awesome absolutely (laughs) this episode is brought to you by gusto Now, small business owners wear a lot of hats. I know I am one of them. And while some hats are great, like doing this podcast and getting to talk to people, others, like the filing taxes and running payroll hat, are not so great. And that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and managing a team actually easy for small businesses. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. And as a New Yorker subplanted to Pennsylvania, 
uh, the not paying my local taxes thing bit me a couple of times. So it would be it would have been great to have gusto then. Uh, plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits or even 401ks for your team. Oh, and you can get direct access to certified HR experts, too. This sounds like a pretty good way to kick off 2020 for your business, right? Uh, but here's the thing. Deadlines for the new year creep up earlier than you think, and you're going to want to get started now. I don't know about you, but I know that I've started thinking about this stuff around this time. And all of a sudden, February or March is here, and I'm like, I need to do something about my taxes. So don't wait. Let Gusto make it easier on you. As a bonus, listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. This is one hat you're going to be glad you gave up. I certainly am. Uh, and you can try a bonus and see it for yourself over at gusto.com build. So get three months free when you run your first payroll. Try a demo and see it for yourself over at gusto.com build. Thanks so much to Gusto for their support of this show. So this is really cool because this is almost like your side hustle, right? Like, so you have a startup yes. and then you have your side hustle. Oh, I have a real job. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Um, <laughs> Uh, and but it was all kind of built out of your, your love for for both startups and for uh, escape rooms. So you yep. you started this about two years ago. You said, yeah, uh, I started about two years ago. It took um, you know two weeks to really build out, and then maybe a month to kind of like get the business part of things in shape. And then uh, I hired a general manager, and like I haven't, uh, I don't have anything to do with this company other than like, you know, I own it and gotcha. at the end of the day I make, I make money, but like sure. the goal by, by the way is not to make money on this. Um, it's just to, to, cause I just wanted to make this exist. Right, in the world. Right. Um, it makes enough money to run. And, uh, like, so this is how little I have to do with it is that a few weeks ago, um, my key didn't work and then I, <laughs> uh, was nearby and I was like, Oh, I'll just grab like new keys when like the guy um, who runs it is there. And I, I showed up and, um, I walk in and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, oh, hey, welcome. Like, welcome to Startup Escape. And I was like, um, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm so-and-so. Like, who are you? I was like, I own this place. So like, it's, uh, it's, um, <laughs> I really have nothing to do with it, uh, day to day anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, the number of like, so the way this all kind of comes in full circle is that, um, I did start themed because, I wanted it to be a team bonding experience for people. So most escape rooms are good for like three people, four people, five people, six people. That's kind of the average. Um, I built mine intentionally to be good for teams of up to like 12, um, maybe up to 15 even. Wow. Um, because I wanted to be a team bonding thing. Uh, that was the my only um, motive for this was I was like, oh, this would be really great for other companies to come through and, and, and do this. And um, I made my company do it. Uh, you know, They all knew that I left for two weeks and they didn't know where I went. Um, and I never told them that I was building an escape room and they already had done them. So I like was like, oh, I know this new escape room that just opened up. Let's go do that when I came back. And like they were my first team that went through my own escape room and uh, kind of started to break about like 10 minutes in. And they're like, great, did you build this? And I was like, yeah. And I like <laughs> sheepishly admitted that it was mine. Cause like we, I, like I said, I run a startup and like this escape room was a, first of all, nothing else like a, in, like a mirror image of my actual office uh, for my real company. And uh, like no one going to both my company's office and this would be like, 
these don't look alike. Like right. they were like a mirror image. Uh, I kind of modeled that for my own startup, uh, the way the office looked and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they figured out pretty quickly that it was mine um, to their credit. So. Nice. That's cool. So so you like essentially beta tested this with, with your team. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's things broke on both ends um, the first time, but uh, now things run very smoothly. But uh, yeah, I got to, uh, to beta test it with my team. That's fantastic. So let's let's go back a little bit to um, uh, you left because you were kind of getting burned burnt out earlier yeah. in the season. I interviewed uh, someone named uh, Ali Nimmons, and we Ali, yeah, yeah that oh, was a great podcast. Oh well, thank you very much. I will link to that in the show notes uh, for those who haven't heard it. Um, but we we talked a bit about mental health, and uh, it's yep. it was it's really interesting to see not only that it was recognized by one of your investors. But he, he or she, uh, I don't remember. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, said that it, it, at his former company, they had kind of like a, a protocol, right? So yep. um, I think a lot of people think of like Silicon Valley uh, or like the the investment um, venture capitalist world as like this cold, heartless kind of uh, persona. Mm-hmm. But um I think it's really important that that they were able to recognize that you needed a break, and then you, you were able to take that break. Yeah, there's this. Um, how do I put it? This concept. Uh, okay, so in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, um, there is a lot of people with a lot of money looking to invest. Obviously, mm-hmm. and um, there's been a bad thing that has come from that, which is this like culture of, you know, everyone's starting companies and everyone's got to compete. And like, there's some negative things about it. But the best thing in my mind about this concept that there's a lot of different VC funds is that a lot of VC funds have become very, you know, this is such a cliche word, but founder friendly. Um, But the nice thing about that is that no one's competing on money anymore because there's so much money out here. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to show up in Silicon Valley and just raise a ton of money. It's actually shockingly hard. Right. Um, but it's if you're making money, it's easy. Like you can find someone to give you money. Um, what's really hard though is to find investors who are good, who care about you and all that. And I've been so stupidly lucky with Readme that like um, you know the people that invest in me are in my company um, just really care about uh, the company, obviously the product. Um, eventually making money back, obviously. Um, they're you know we're not charity, right. but care about um, my mental health, my team. Um, and making sure that uh, everyone is, um, well, definitely happy, but also just enabled to kind of like, you know, keep going and build stuff and do awesome things. And you can't do that if you're like run down and miserable and uh, and overworked. And um, yeah, I've been I've been stupidly lucky that um, we have VCs that uh, both push us and are you know want the best from us, but also want the best for us. And uh, it's yeah, I don't think Silicon Valley is or San Francisco is kind of like this like cold-hearted, uh, money-making machine that, you know, of course there's definitely pockets and errors that sure. is, but like that has not been my experience. Um, the people that I work with, um, all care, the people that work for me, I truly care about their, you know, well-being, what's going on with them and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, 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 the takeaway is that you can run a company however you want. And if you want to be cold-hearted and work with cold-hearted people, you can, there's definitely people who have money that will be cold-hearted, but there's also people who are just awesome people who care about each other here as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and to that point, uh, after you had some time off, you came back and were I mean, were you feeling refreshed? Did it take you some time to get back into the swing of things? I, it seems like you're very happy now. 
Yeah, uh, it's um, it go, comes and goes. Yeah. Um, you know, back to like you know what Ali talked about. She was very open. I thought that was awesome, and like I'm happy to be you know pretty open as well. Like there's days where I think that the company is going. Uh, read me, not the escape room. Escape room will always totter on and make <laughs> enough money to survive. Um, but like you know, I think that Readme is going amazingly well, and not that I care about the money, but like we're going to be a trillion dollar company. It's going to be huge. And there's other days where I'm like, I should just leave. Like this is an utter failure, and uh, you know, I don't want to go to bed this morning. And uh, it's it just um, goes back and forth nonstop, just oscillating. And uh, and yeah, overall, I'm really excited on a, on a macro level. Like I love my job, and I'm not burnt out at all. Um, on a micro level, from date, like there's hard days and hard weeks. And um, but you know, the leaving for a bit was the best thing I ever did. And for like two weeks, not for a long time. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it was just like reinvigorating. And you come back and you're like, you know, on top of things and excited again. So. That's fantastic. I think there are two really important takeaways in, in what you just said in that couple of minutes. And and one is, uh, I think everybody feels it goes back and forth. I feel the same way, right? One day my wife will be like, how's it going? I'm like, we are killing it. Like we can, <laughs> you know, we can take that Disney vacation earlier than we wanted. And like the next day I'll be like, I'm not making any money. Like well, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, and so, you know, it's, I think oh, this seems like a good time for me to do an app for like Plesk or something, get you a little extra money. Uh, the, yeah, uh, I know. This. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's how I've been very lucky. I've, I've always been able to find, you know, if, th- if I felt things are slow, I've been able to, Yep. speed things up a little bit where I could. But um but I mean everybody feels that way in your company. You're going to feel that way because um it's not always good. There are some mm-hmm. bad times and and as long as you have a healthy understanding of how your business is doing, you can kind of bounce back from that. Um yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't prepare this story whatsoever, so I'm going to mess everything up. And uh, hopefully, your listeners who have heard this story uh, don't think I'm a complete idiot for this. Um, but uh, it's some sort of proverb or something. And again, I've not prepared this, and I probably uh, I should. Um, it just came to mind. But um, you know, there's this. Uh, let's call him a king or something. And uh, people were wondering, like, oh, you know, he like when things were really great. He wouldn't get too excited when things were really bad. Like his son died or something. He wouldn't get too upset. Actually, he probably got upset about that one. But like he was like, you know, very stable. And um, you've probably heard the phrase, uh, this too shall pass. And mm-hmm. uh, it, the whole like mythos behind this was he, you know, asked one of his like um, aides or I don't know what kings have, <laughs> aides, I suppose, um, his chief of staff to go out and um, find. Um, you know, a, a solution to, you know, the ups and downs of life. And, you know, this, this, this person came back with a ring that was engraved with that said the words, this too shall pass. And, you know, it's, it's a metaphor obviously for a lot of different things, but like the concept of like, when these are really well, don't get too excited or cocky because they're going to get worse at some point and things go really bad. That's also not going to last forever. And, um, so I have a, I have a ring, uh, that I don't wear anymore, but, uh, that has engraved inside it. This too shall pass. And it's always kind of a really good reminder that like the ups and the downs are great, but you know, when you zoom out a little bit, uh, life is pretty linear, um, in a good way. Like the bad never weighs you down yeah, and the good never right. weighs you up. Yeah. Right. And you probably don't want either one of those. Like if it's just always up, 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 up. You're gonna. There's gonna be. Well, a I don't know about like that, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna say um, no to that, but 
Yeah, right. I mean, if somebody if somebody just wants to hand me a bunch of money every day, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, if every day is better so, than the last, I'm not going to be like, nah, that's not what I want yeah, uh, from this yeah, life. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess if the highs are always too high. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the other the other thing I wanted to drive home before we wrap up here is, yeah, um, I think a lot of, you know, I, I would consider myself kind of in the freelancer level. I'm a yep. solo entrepreneur guy. Um, and a lot of people in my position probably feel like they can never take a vacation. I take a week off. And I'm yep. literally not making any money. But um, if you get burnt out, that's going to that's gonna be worse for your business than the one week you were going to take off. So, um, yeah. you know, be mindful of that and take time off when you need to. I took 17 days off for uh, for my honeymoon. I didn't even bring my laptop. It was the first time uh, since laptops were a thing that I traveled without <laughs> it. And you know what? I came home and like and my... You still have podcasts. Yeah. You're still, they're still good. Exactly. Like nothing was on fire. Um, yep. And so just remember that. Like uh, uh, if you need to take time off, then that's, that's going to be... Um, you know, uh, like Greg said, the best thing that could be for your business. Yes, I would agree with that completely. So awesome. Uh, so as we wrap up here, I do need to ask you my favorite question. Um, and that is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my, we got to be a little bit sooner, but my trade secret that I prepared, uh, well, okay. So my, my preface is that I think that, um, in Silicon Valley, there's or in San Francisco, there's not a lot of trade secrets, which I love about it. Like people are so open about just talking about how they make money, why they make money. Um, they go on podcasts. Like there's an entire industry of people that go on podcasts and just spill out all their trade secrets, and I love that. Um, there's no huge ones, but I think the one that people do kind of shy away from is the concept of um, mental health and. My trade secret, I think, is that uh, early on, everyone believes that they're different. And for the most part, they aren't. I know a ton of founders and everyone is just struggling. And here's why. I think it's like you're the same way. Like you have your own, you have two companies, basically. Like you have the podcast and you do consulting as well. Um, And you also do WordCamp. Like you do a ton of stuff as well. And I think anyone who does stuff like this, the only way to be successful is to care so stupidly much that you know, you you just care so much. And the problem with caring so much, it's a really good thing, but you have to invest all your money, time, effort, your identity, um, all this into it. And that just wears at you. And I think the reward is worth it. But I also think that, um, you know, for too long, when you're running something with a lot of employees or a lot of people that depend on you, you don't get to be vulnerable. You have to always be the one with the answers and the smart one and the the one who like is going to solve all the problems. And um, I think investing early on, if you're going to do something, if you're going to build anything that's going to last and have legs and you're going to put all this time and effort and energy into it, um, the best thing you can do early on is make sure that you have the right um, – Support system. I think a big support system is a co-founder. Um, I don't have one, and that's one of my bigger regrets. Um, I founded a company that I love, and like it's a perfect company for me. But I wish I also had that like perfect like partner in this. Um, and uh, if that doesn't happen, that's okay as well. Like not everyone can have a co-founder or two co-founders. Um, you know, life doesn't always work out perfectly. But like have some sort of like really strong way, an outlet of some sort of. Um, you know, getting out of it and like, understand that at the end of the day, it's just a company and, you know, you want to make money because money is actually really a good thing um, because you can pay people and provide them a good life. And like, I'm not anti-money very remotely, but like, 
you also want to find interesting, fun ways to make the job the best job it possibly can be. Like when you run a company, um, you know, escape rooms, I spend a lot of, not a lot of money, uh, for any investors <laughs> listening, a appropriate amount of our budget on uh, the team bonding and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I find uh, not, you're right that we should take time off, but you also can't take 17 days off every two weeks when you're a little like depressed. So, like right. finding ways to like, right. Yeah. craft the job in a way that like you actually like love it day to day like one thing that i've gotten really into over the past few weeks is like writing songs about apis and tech and like then paying people on like hiring musicians to actually like perform them and like you know you get to like take this job and make it however you want and uh i guess do some really cool stuff so i'll send you one of the songs if you want to play it on the on the podcast but um yes. you know uh, like I find like really interesting ways day to day to like make my job the coolest job ever because there's a lot of really shitty things about it too. And uh, finding that balance day to day is uh, is tough. So I don't know if that's a trade secret, but uh, the actual you know advice on how to make money and all that stuff's pretty pretty out there. But um, everyone's going through kind of this like misery as well. Um, and uh, there's a lot of cool ways to make the best of it. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I mean, first of all, you're not alone. I think that's a really great takeaway uh, for. Yep. Founders, freelancers, parents. Uh, you know, I have a two-year-old, and now any anytime my friend, uh, anytime a friend of mine becomes a parent, I'm like, hey, just like text me, and and if you're yeah. having trouble, just text me and say, is this normal? And I'm gonna say yes, uh, because yep. if you don't feel like you need to go to the hospital, it's probably normal. <laughs> like, um, yep. So I'm not I'm not like a doctor, by the way. Like disclaimer, but. Just in general. Uh, so any ailments, yeah. call Joe and he will take care yeah, of this exactly, and uh, exactly. help your, help your um, kid. <laughs> but um, And then have a great support system too. Again, my wife has been a great support system for me. When I was ready to leave my job, um, after my daughter was born, I was like super mm-hmm. burnt out and I was I was unhappy. Um, and, and I was like, I don't know if I should start this company. We have a three-month-old. And she was like, you need to start this company. Like you yep. need to go off and do this. And she's been fantastic. So um, uh, that's, that's fantastic advice. Um, and uh, Greg, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like you did more research about me uh, than, than I did about no, you. No, it's not research. But, uh, I've been yeah. listening, uh, listening to your podcast for a while. Awesome. So it's, uh, it's easy research. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, you'll be able to find all the show notes over at how I built it. How can people find you? Okay, so based on what we just talked about, um, definitely if anyone's listening and just like stupidly depressed or not even that depressed, just kind of like, you know, wants to talk, um, you know, don't just follow me on Twitter, like genuinely feel free to reach out. Um, I am G Koberger at everything on Twitter, uh, at Gmail um, is my email, um, you know, Dribble, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, anything. Um, it's G K O B E R G E R is the best way to find me. Um, I would love someone just to reach out and be like, I like escape rooms too, or whatever. But I also would love if people like you know who are going through this um, and maybe aren't as lucky that they you know have great investors or great employees or great whatever. Um, definitely feel free to just shoot me an email. And uh, like you, I'm not a doctor and I can't fix things, but um, you know I'm always excited to meet new people who are kind of. Uh, going through this as well because we're doing it because we love it for some bizarre strange reason and uh yeah i'm always happy to talk to anyone um and my escape route my company is readme uh we just bought the dot com and that was quite expensive but uh readme.com r-e-a-d-m-e.com and my escape room is startupescape.com and uh hopefully one of those two things will interest uh, all of your readers 
or listeners <laughs> or readers. Yeah, absolutely. Transcripts are available too, so they could be readers. <laughs> I will, uh, of course, link everything at the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Greg, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Joe, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Greg for joining us today. Uh, I love, I mean, I love everything he talked about. Um, uh, he's a very interesting guy. Uh, and I mean, the API documentation stuff was um, uh, his main business. But uh, again, we really talked about the team building and escape room stuff. I thought that was really cool. I love how he opened up about his mental health and how he parlayed that into his trade secret about venture capital and being vulnerable and a whole bunch of other stuff that entrepreneurs are really affected by. So thank you, Greg, so much for your time and for your fantastic advice. Uh, I also want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Pantheon, Ahoy, and Gusto. Without them, this show would not be possible. So definitely check them out. Uh, You can check them out on the show notes page where we list all of the resources, links, and all that, uh, which you can get over at howibuilt.it slash 143. Uh, If you do like this uh, podcast, be sure to subscribe in your podcast player of choice. And if you want to start your own podcast, I am currently working on a new course called Podcast Liftoff. You can learn more about that at howibuilt.it slash liftoff, where you'll get a free workbook uh, with checklists and show notes, templates, and all that stuff. And in the Podcast Liftoff course, you will learn how to apply all of those things, choosing your topic and your format, finding the right equipment, recording the show, editing, and all that fun stuff. So uh, check that out over at howibuilt.it slash liftoff if you are interested in starting your own podcast. And until next time, get out there and build something.